This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com. Major funding for this Tanya class is provided by the Mettel Corporation. Additional funding is provided by Tanya students like you. Lessons in Tanya. The Tanya of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, taught by Rabbi Ben Zion Krasniansky. Tanya's text elucidated by Rabbi Yosef Weinberg. So we are holding on page two twenty-seven, second paragraph from the bottom. He's going to ask. Since we learned that in holiness, even two opposite attributes, each one contains of the other attribute. So even in kindness, we find the attribute of strength, and and we find Shammai would be lenient like Hillel occasionally, and Hillel would be strict like Shammai. So why does the verse say then, Avraham? Hashem describes Avraham in Isaiah through Isaiah the prophet Avraham. Avraham is my lover, and Upachad Yitzchak. Yitzchak, the dread, as it says in in, in Genesis and Bereshit, the dread of Yitzchak. That Yitzchak is his dread. He serves Hashem with a sense of Hashem's presence and Hashem's awesomeness and the sense of our insignificance. And Avram senses Hashem's love, and he responds with love to Hashem. And Avram tries to awaken within each and every person he comes in contact with, to awaken within them a love of Hashem. He wants everyone to love Hashem, just like he loves Hashem. And Yitzchok tries to awaken within everyone the sense of dread and the sense of awe of the greatness of Hashem, Hashem's awesomeness and how insignificant we are. If we find that Avram also has within him also the attribute of, of the fear of Yitzchak. So why does the Pasuk characterize Avram as exclusively as Avram, Avram my lover, and Yitzchak exclusively as Pachat? Avraham who loved me and in another verse characterizing Yitzchak as the dread of Yitzchak thereby indicating that Avram's service was an expression of Chesed, and Yitzchak's service an expression of Gevorah, which would seem to contradict the earlier statement that Avraham also revealed the attribute of Gevorah. This difference and distinction exists only on the scale of manifestation and concealment. In Yitzchak's mode of divine service, the fear is manifest, while the love is hidden in a state of concealment and hiding. The opposite is the case with the trait of our father Avram. Peace be to him. Chesed was manifest and Gavura was concealed. He's saying, the verse is telling us, was overtly, predominantly, primarily, Avram was love. That was his uniqueness. That was his attribute. That was his character. That was his strength. That's what his soul was about. On a revealed level. But hidden concealed, he also contained within him also the ability to, of the dread of Yitzchak. 
And in the, when he was tested, he revealed his hidden. A test forces you to dig deep inside and to summon deeper resources. So he was forced to discover within himself, he revealed he op- his hidden potential for fear. But predominantly, on a, on a regular, on a daily basis, Avram embodied kindness. Yitzchak was the exact opposite. Yitzchak embodied dread and awe. But of course he had the love. But the love was hidden. So, not everything is more than meets the eye. What the eye sees, what's overt, what's open, as you see, this is where Avram, Avram is my lover, and Yitzhak is a dread. But there's more than meets the eye. There's also the hidden part. Yitzhak also contains love, and Avram also contains fear and awe. And the same is true with each and every one of us. Predominantly, we all have different uh, traits. And we're meant to serve Hashem with these traits. Hashem gave us these characteristic traits, these personality traits, these attributes. Some people are introverted, some people are extroverted, some people... So that's, that's who you are. You have to serve Hashem with your abilities to the maximum. That's your strength. That's where you thrive. That's where you shine. That's where you sparkle. That's revealed. That's open to you. So you have to develop it to its fullest. But you can't be limited. Your service of Hashem cannot be limited. Just serving Hashem in your comfort zone, the things that are comfortable, you also have to be ready to do things that are not comfortable. That's the sign that you're really connected with holiness. That you're not just self-serving, but that you're truly serving Hashem, who is infinite. When you're able to go beyond your superficial self, your overt self, and you're able to... Dig deep inside and do something that's contrary to your natu- natural self. Then we know that you're connected to holiness. Anything that's connected to holiness also has both attributes. The only question is which is predominant, which is prevailing, which is overt, and which is hidden and concealed deep down. This is the meaning of what was said by King David Peace be to him who was of the attribute of Gabura. How abundant is your goodness? which you have hidden away for those who fear you. That is to say that the attribute of goodness and chesed, which is in a state of concealment and hiding within those whose soul root derives from the left, i.e. from Gabura, and who are referred to as those who fear you, resembling the above-mentioned trait of Beit Shammai. David the Melch is referring to himself because he was also from the attribute of Gabura. So it says, how abundant is your kindness that you hid to those who are basically predominantly about fear and dread and a sense of Hashem's magnificence and awesomeness. And yet, nevertheless, you placed, Hashem placed within them a rav tuvcha. Tuvcha refers to kindness. They also have the attribute of kindness. Though this is a concealed and hidden goodness beneath a dominant surface of the Vora, it is nevertheless truly as abundant and immense as the attribute of the which is of the right. That's what the David Melch is coming to tell us. That's the novelty that he's saying. He's exclaiming. He says, it's astonishing that, that uh, those who fear you, yet you placed within them, they have inside of them 
the potential for Rav Tufcha, much, an abundance of kindness. They have the ability to act with kindness and not just regular kindness, Rav Tufcha, an abundance of kindness, an infinite amount of kindness. Although this is not their predominant attribute, and you would think that it's just compliment, since it's just there to compliment them, to show that they're not limited to kindness, to, to, to awe, but they also have the ability of kindness. So it's enough to compliment, it's enough if they had a small measure of kindness. Since it's not, this is not their predominant measure. So King David is exclaiming, it's not so. He's saying, Hashem placed within them, you hid, yes, it's hidden, it's in a hidden state. It's not prevailing, but you hid in the hidden state. They have the potential for tremendous kindness. Infinite kindness. The same type of kindness as someone who's predominantly kind. As he explained earlier, someone who's predominantly kind, one of the attributes of someone who's rooted in the, in the right side and kindness is a person who gives abundantly. There's no limit to his abundance. A person who's strict, a person who comes from the left side, is really part of the characteristic traits is very precise and very correct and everything is limited. Everything is in the right measure. You give tzedakah, it has to be the right measure, 10%, not more than 20%. Everything is in the right proportion. So you would think that he doesn't have his infinite kindness. So he says, no. Since deep down inside he has, he has the same kindness of the person who has kindness. Just like the person who has kindness, his kindness is infinite. So too, this hidden kindness that this person of awe has also is, is also infinite. So when he substitutes, when he replaces, when he's able to express himself in the exact opposite way of his nature and almost like exchange places. When he exchanges places, he becomes like Hillel, he becomes completely kind and giving and without any limitation. He has that ability. Even though his whole life is about limits and definitions and preciseness and correct, not correct, but he has the ability of being kind and being kind in an infinite way. This is the astonishing thing. This is what King David is proclaiming. That the hidden goodness that Hashem placed in Liriyecha, those who fear Hashem because their, root, their souls are rooted in Hashem's left side. But since it's rooted in the divine, it's rooted in godliness, which is infinite. How do we see that? Not only that they contain the opposite, they also have hidden inside of them goodness and kindness. But more so, that goodness and kindness they have within them is without an ilah. It's the exact same goodness and kindness that exists in the person who is overtly kind. That's what makes it holy? The fact that it's unlimited? Because it's rooted in holiness, because it's rooted in Hashem's infinite self that contains opposites. So therefore, just like the person who has overt kindness, that's the nature of that kindness. The kindness is without any limit. So the person who overtly is rooted in Hashem's sense of awe since he also has within himself also the ability to express kindness that's hidden inside of him, that ability is on the same level. He has the ability to do the exact same level and the exact same type of kindness that the person who's overtly kind, that's rooted in the right. Because since it's rooted in holiness, it is a complete unification. 
Although the element of chesed within those described as those that fear you is concealed, for their soul root derives essentially from Gregora, it is latent within them just as abundantly as it is found within those who are essentially of the right. Moreover, both degrees of chesed, that which is dominant in the souls deriving from the right, as well as that incorporated in the souls deriving from the left, are manifest without limit, measure, or dimension. And this is the meaning of the phrase, how abundant is your goodness, i.e. it applies in both cases without limit and measure. Whether it be the goodness which you have hidden away for those who fear you, or that which you have wrought for those who trust in you. That's what he continues in the next half of the verse. How abundant is your kindness that you hid to those who fear you, to those who are predominantly re'echa. And, and, and then he continues, and you also gave, you also rewarded those who trust in you. Those who are trusting. And the reward that you give them is Neged Bnei Adam, openly, just like their, because those who trust, you trust someone who's your friend. It's a sign of friendship, overt friendship, of being close, of intimacy, of being a close friend, a dear friend. So I trust. In God we trust, everyone else pay cash. <laughs> so someone you trust, a trust fund, you trust your life savings, it's more than just, it's a friendship, it's an open friendship. You don't trust someone you're afraid of. You're in awe of. You're fearful of. Trust is I trust you. I trust you with my life. I trust you with my, my family. I trust you because we're close. It's a sign of closeness, of love, of intimacy. So that's an expression of those who feel close to Hashem. I feel so close to Hashem that I trust Hashem. Hashem is my best friend. He would never harm me. He has my interest at heart. We're, we're, we're like this. We're so close. So those whose main attribute is they feel so loving and so close to Hashem that they trust Hashem totally. And therefore, what's the expression of that kindness and that love that they have? That it's open, everything is open, everything is avert. So their reward will be in a revealed way. Just like their kindness is, their nature, their attribute is, everything is open and everything is public and everything is revealed. So too, the reward they will receive will also be. So he's saying that the goodness that you find in the person whose predominantly, his predominant attribute is awe, the goodness that you find in him is just as infinite as the person who's predominantly kind. Referring to the trusting ones who derive from the right, a person trusts his beloved friend to act in his best interest. In the same way, those whose souls stem from the right and who serve Hashem with chesed and love place their trust in Him, and whose kindness and goodness are also in a state of manifestation by an expansiveness before the sight of man, and by no means in a state of contraction and concealment. We can now understand why the verse begins by saying, hidden away to those who fear you, and concludes with the manifest state of before man. The verse is alluding to two forms of passive, in its concealed state, as possessed by those who fear you, and in its revealed state, as possessed by those who trust in you. It should have said, the way he explained it here, that the kindness, how abundant is the kindness that you, Hashem, has hidden, have hidden in the souls of those who fear you. That although they're predominantly 
their soul is predominantly about fear and awe. Nevertheless, the hidden kindness that Hashem placed in their soul is also abundance. He should have said the kindness that Hashem placed in those who fear. Instead, the simple meaning, the simple way it's read, it would seem, and that's the simple meaning that the verse is telling us, how abundant is the good, meaning the reward, that you hid, for those who fear you. The reward for those who fear you, their reward will be hidden, versus uh, those who have faith in you and trust in you and their relationship to Hashem is more open, their good is negative. Their reward will be an open and revealed way. Just like they serve God in a revealed way, so their reward will also be in a revealed way versus those who serve God. God, Those who fear God, those who are in awe of God, those who by nature are from the left side, they serve God in a hidden way, in a concealed way, like we learned earlier. They pray, they cry silently, and they, 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 they good deeds, and they're studying and everything. Their relationship to Hashem is very hidden and concealed. It's private, it's intimate, just between them and God. No one knows about it, it's no one's business. They get, actually get very upset when anyone finds out about it. So, so since they serve God in a hidden way, in a private way, their reward will also be private. That's the simple meaning of the verse. But here the Alter Rebbe is saying that the verse contains a much deeper message. The verse, the verse is telling us, yes, of course the simple meaning of the verse, that's, that's what the verse means, but the Torah is telling us that the David HaMelech is telling us that how much good there is, an abundance of good, goodness and kindness you can find even in the souls of those who are rooted in a different attribute of God. Their life is not about kindness, their life is not about goodness, their life is about being in awe and being constantly alert and being sharp and being exact and being excelling and being alive, internally alive, in a very deep, in a very personal, in a very profound way. And they, their effect on others is to disturb others, not to be kindness to others, to wake them up from their superficiality and that's what they're really all about but nevertheless they also have an ability of kindness and not just an ability of kindness an infinite kindness a kindness without an abandon a kindness without any limitation and this is all stored and hidden in their soul and because they have this kindness of course Hashem will also reward them so according to this interpretation he should have said that how an abundance of kindness that Hashem has stored, hidden in their soul, that He gave inside their soul, in the souls of those who are rooted in God's fear. Why does He say to those who fear to you? Which would seem that He's only talking about the reward, that this is the reward that God will, God will give to those who fear you. The reason the verse says, for those who fear you, which would seem to imply that the chesed from above is granted to them as a reward, rather than in those. We're talking about the kindness that Hashem planted in their souls, that's hidden in their souls, in those who, who fear you. In them. Not to them. So I'm not talking about the reward. We're talking about something much more profound, much deeper. The reward is just a consequence of the kindness. But here, more importantly, the, the Pasuk is telling us, the verse is telling us about the kindness that Hashem planted in the souls of those who fear Him. And even though they're predominantly rooted in Hashem's sense of awe, the kindness that they have 
is infinite, is an abundance. So you should have said, in their soul, in those who fear you. Is one better than the other? I mean, uh, it would seem that, uh, you know, the chesed, the love, seems to be better, you know, to be outgoing and all of that. I know it's in your nature to be... But he says, no, he says, those who have fear also have have that same level of kindness, potentially. They all have that ability of kindness without any limits. They have that ability. They can, they, they can exercise it. They have that ability. The question is predominantly, they're about awe, but they have that ability, and occasionally they actualize that potential. It's not that it remains hidden the rest of their life. Hashem is giving them a reward for the goodness and kindness that they exercise. But they have the ability, potentially, and when they exercise it, the kindness that they give is also without limits. See, this letter, you have to understand the context of the letter. The, the, the children who incorporated the letters, this was after, after the Alter Rebbe passed away, many times they, they only they didn't put in the whole entire letter. They put in a part of the letter. You know, we, we know from the rest of the letter, the end of the letter, that um, Alter Rebbe was writing to his Hasidim. He was appealing. This was an appeal. All these letters are tzedakah appeals. Practical. He wants, he's asking every chassid or you didn't write a check, you didn't give a credit card. It was to take from the take from your bread and take from your take and give give tzedakah. Now, it was a tremendous need for tzedakah at that time. He's asking them to give in abundance. They already gave their quota already. They gave already gave their allocation. And he's addressing himself to those Hasidim who don't need mending. Other letters he wrote about you need mending, you need tikkun, and you have to, to, to substitute for your fasts, and you have to, therefore, instead of fasting, so give tzedakah, give an abundance. These were God fearing Jews, righteous Jews. They didn't, uh, they had no need, they didn't need to give tzedakah as an atonement. Mm-hmm. Previously, we learned in other letters for an atonement you give without any limits because a person would would uh, bankrupt themselves in order to be healthy. You know, health comes above all. There's no calculations. There's no limits. But that's if someone sins. So yes, he needs uh, healing. We're talking about chassidim, God-fearing Jews. They never sinned. They grew up in the straight and narrow. They're righteous. They're upright. They're living wholesome lives. They're profound. They're deep. So, so, and those chassidim who are very rooted in Hashem's left side, they're like Shammai. They're in a very high level. Their potential is their actual, they're living in a very precise level, and for them, everything is very precise. Everything is correct. When the Torah says 10%, you give 10%, not more than, 50, than, than 20%, and it's not more than 20%. Like we learned earlier, and Dr. Rebbe characterizes that those souls are rooted in Hashem's left side. There's nothing, you don't just do something just for the sake of doing it. Everything has to have a profound meaning and reason and connection. Torah says this is tzedakah, this is it. Not more, not less. I don't have to embellish it. And here the Alter Rebbe is asking those Hasidim to give much more than 20%. So the Alter Rebbe gives a whole introduction. He says, It's true, your souls are rooted on the left side. 
and you're on a very high level and you don't need any tikkun and you don't need any and, and your nature dictates that you give not more than 20%. So why am I asking you to open your wallets and open your hearts and give much more? Now the Rebbe makes the whole point that even those souls are rooted in God's left side. But that's the nature of holiness. The nature of holiness is that you also have, you're compounded by the other attribute. Shammai sometimes acted like Hillel. He was the one who was lenient and Hillel was the one who was strict. And vice versa. Avram became Yitzchak. And Yitzchak had that love of Avram. So I'm asking you to change places. Exercise that divine potential that you have to dig deep inside of yourself and to become like the person of kindness. And when you do become the person of kindness, you act like the person of kindness. You give without any abandon. You give without abandon. You give with abandon, without any limit. More than the 10-20%. And that's what King David is telling us. This is what he's exclaiming. In astonishment, look how much abundance, how much goodness you've given, that you've hidden. Even though, those who fear you, they're essentially all about fear and awe and limits and preciseness and correctness and connection and meaning and not just doing things without any calculation. But yet, they also have the kindness and the same level of kindness that the person who's overtly kindness. Um, with abandon, infinite kindness. The Rebbe is asking his chassidim, please, exercise that, <laughs> reveal that level now. I need you, I need that level within you now. Become for a moment, become, discover that, go deep inside of yourself and discover that divine potential and become the person of kindness. And act in a way that's contrary to your nature and give, and give without any calculation. Even though you've already filled your quotas, and you gave with abandon, but it's not enough. I need, I need a tzedakah now that's beyond any... So I need you to exercise that godly ability you have inside. So why does he say to those who fear you? When the whole point is that we find this ability of giving tzedakah with abandon, without any limits, in those who fear you. So he explains... The reason is because is that, that whatever is in a state of concealment within any soul is not vested within the body in the individual's mind and heart, for they are incapable of receiving it. Rather, it encompasses the individual from above, so to speak, and thence it radiates to his mind and heart at those times which require an arousal of the attribute in question, so that it will be aroused and will illumine his mind and heart in order to result in actual deeds. For example, a person whose charitable contributions are customarily limited will have revealed to him the concealed and infinite attribute of Hesed, which will prompt him to give tzedakah unstintingly. So that's why he says, King David says, that this goodness that you've concealed in their souls is to those who fear you, not within those who fear you. Because it's not within those who fear you. Because on a conscious level, they're not cut out. They're not constituted to give that type of tzedakah. They're just not. It's not within them. 
That's not who they are. I mean, listen, you can, you can act. You can be whatever you want. You can choose to be whatever you want. But it's an act. It's not them. It's not their nature. It's not who I am. What, I'm going to pretend to be something I'm not. It's not within me. This is how Hashem constituted me. This is how Hashem created me. I'm rooted in Hashem's left side. That's my nature. I'm internal. I'm introverted. I'm intimate. I'm private. I'm quiet. I'm very deep. It's between me and Hashem. I run away from any publicity, from any... You know, that's my nature. Versus someone who has the exact opposite nature. He thrives in the public eye. He thrives to be in in the center of attention. He thrives, everything is loud and everything is public and everything is with a, with a bang and everything. It's different natures. So, so you can't tell me that this good, goodness, is a, this ability to, to do tzedakah with abandon, to give tzedakah without any limit, that's within me. It's not within me. It's above me. It transcends me. Because the root of my soul, since the root of my soul, that part of the soul which is not enclosed in the body, because our conscious self it's very limited. But the soul, the root of the soul, remains transcendent from the body, from our consciousness. So the root of the soul, which, is re- which remains in heaven, which is rooted in the, in the divine, and the godly, has this flexibility and has the ability to exchange places and to act in a way which is, which is pure kindness. And to do it on the same level, the same level of kindness that someone who is overtly kind with abandon, without any limits, infinite level of kindness. But since this is the root of my soul, that's why occasionally, when it's necessary, you have the ability to activate it, you have the ability to awaken it, to tap into it. The Rebbe says, now it's necessary. That's why I'm writing you this letter. I need you to reach deep, not deep into your pocket, to reach, reach deep into your soul. You'll reach deep into your soul, then you'll reach deep, deep into your pocket as well. Just open up your soul and reach your source and go beyond your conscious self and go beyond your, the way you've already formed and limited and defined. Go a little deeper and discover the godliness, the infinite, the root and the source of your attribute, of awe. But what's the root and the source? It's divine, it's godly. You're rooted in holiness and Hashem who's infinite and undefined and contains opposites. So reach into that root and source and you become the person of kindness. And act that way. Give as generously, with abandon, and enthusiastically, the same way, just as the person who's naturally kind and naturally gives with abandon. That's what Dr. Rebbe is demanding in this letter, is demanding of his chassid. That's a tall order. Al-Tarebi is acknowledging the nature, praising the nature. It's a wonderful nature. It's rooted in godliness. It's a holy nature. But they chassid. And this is the definition of chassidus. A chassid is not just someone who changes his negative natures. Bad nature. Coarse nature, crass nature. For that, you don't need chassidus. Of course you have to change your negative nature, your bad nature. A chassid is someone who changes his holy nature, his positive nature. You have a holy nature, a holy answer. But you have to go beyond your nature. 
this doesn't apply only to tzedakah. I mean, True. in terms of hospitality, True. inviting people in. Uh, it's all forms of tzedakah. But it goes to any nature, any, any nature. That's the sign of holiness. One, a, one of the Hasidim, the Alter Rebbe, was very wealthy and very established and respected in this community. He was a leader in this community. And he was also a scholar. And he was all around it. You know, a paragon of virtue. And one of the Alter Rebbe's travels, he passed by this town and the person went into Yechidah's, went and had a private audience with the Rebbe. He says, Rebbe, what am I missing? He had everything. He was like a perfect citizen. Anything he could ask for. Studied, served Hashem, generous, kind. The Rebbe looked at him and he says, what are you, an animal? There are animals who by nature are kind. Ravens are cruel. Eagles are kind to their offspring. So your whole service of Hashem is on the level of the animal. You were born kind, you're naturally kind, you're instinctively kind, so you're kind. He says, a Jew, what's the holiest verse in the Torah? We say, Shema Yisrael. Hashem Hashem Shema is an acronym that the Rebbe tells him for three Hebrew words. Se'u maram enechem. Lift up your eyes to heaven. That's why in the synagogues, traditionally, you look in the old synagogues in Europe, they had huge windows. Because a shul, you have to look up. That's what distinguishes man from the animal. An animal goes through its entire life and never once looks up to heaven. All it knows is where it's going to eat the next meal, take care of itself. That's it. Never looks up. Man was given the gift that we walk in two, not in four. You have the ability to look up, to wonder, to question, why am I here? What's existence all about? What's, what's, what's so you look up. So sumara means you have to look up to something that's beyond yourself. And your kindness and your generosity has to be rooted in a profound understanding of godliness. Not just because it's natural and it's instinctive and I love doing kindness. Then it's just nature. It's just out of habit. And what's the difference between me and I'm just a glorified animal? A nice animal. There are very nice animals out there. Very loving animals. So he's okay, you're a loving person, you're a loving puppy. Okay, so, right. so you're just an animal. A person has to be more. A person has to be sumaram enechem. He has to be rooted in something lofty and something greater than yourself and something profound in Hashem, in awareness of Hashem. That since Hashem is kind to us and everything Hashem does for us is a gratuitous kindness, existence and health and life. So we too, in turn, also have to be kind. When the Chassid heard what Al Rebbe said, he fainted. He was such a genuine person, he took it to heart. He really had no clue. He really thought, I'm perfect. I mean, what more could he ask for? I'm doing everything that's expected of me. I'm living a Jewish life. I'm studying Torah. I'm growing personally and individually as a human being, as a Jew. And I'm kind and I'm generous and I'm a leader and I'm charitable. I mean, what, what am I missing? Others, what are you missing? You didn't even start. You didn't even scratch the surface. Your whole life till now was a waste. You missed the whole point of what life is all about. You didn't even start. You didn't even pass pre-1A, spiritually speaking. You have to, you have to, your Yiddish guide has to be based on a, on a connection with Hashem, not just your nature. So if you serve Hashem just with your nature, even if it's a holy nature, 
It's a good nature. It's a kind nature. You missed the whole point. Judaism has to be based on holiness, on Hashem. What's the test? Just like the first, the ultimate test, the test of the Akedah. Hashem tested Avram. Are you connected? Are you rooted in holiness? Or just self-serving? Because it's nature. I love being in love. I love being in love with Hashem. Very nice. But it's about you. It's not connected with Hashem. When Avram was able to go contrary to his nature and behave in a way that's the exact opposite of his nature, only for the sake of Hashem. So he revealed that at the root and at the source, everything he's doing is really about Hashem. His kindness is rooted in Hashem, in a knowledge and awareness of Hashem. And it's holy, it's Jewish. So a chassid, this is the definition of chassidus. So it's a very profound point in the chassidus' letter. That chassidus did not come just to get us to change our bad natures, our negative natures. For that you don't need tanya. For that you don't need chassidus. You can learn musr, and you can change your negative, negative natures. The ultimate purpose of Hasidus is to change your holy nature, your positive nature, to go beyond your nature, to reach deep inside, to go to the root, and to discover that the root motivation of everything that you do is really Godliness. And therefore, it's not limited to my consciousness or to my nature or to my predilections preferences but I can go act in a way that's completely contrary to who I am for a person who's rooted in, in the left side of Hashem to give tzedakah to give tzedakah with abandon and without any calculation this is contrary to the whole nature the good nature the positive nature Dr. Rabbi says you're my chassid. Let's see if chassidus had any effect on you. I'm asking you now. Practically. Write that big check. And go way beyond your nature. Act like the person who's naturally giving and generous and kind and gives everything he does and is in a big way. You know. And I want you also to behave at this moment in time. I want you to behave that way. I want everyone to open their hearts, open their pockets, and to write tzedakah way, way, way beyond your limited, calculated self. So this is, this is like a, a moment of truth. Did you really get everything that you've learned till now? You really get did Hasidus really accomplish anything with it, with you? Did it hit home personally? Is it for real? Or is it not for real? So in a way, this letter is like a test. Atrevi <laughs> is testing Hasidus. Okay. This is my test to you. Are you going to come through? Are you going to be able to discover that hidden goodness? that Hashem placed in your soul, because at the root of your soul, you have that potential, because it comes from Hashem. Your kindness comes from Hashem. Your, your awe comes from Hashem. So if it comes from Hashem, Hashem is infinite, the kindness that you have inside of you also is also infinite. Let's see. 
are you really connected with Hashem? Or is this all self-service? Lord, get me high. I love being in love with you. King David therefore said that whereas the abundance of goodness of the house of Israel, both that which is hidden and that which is manifest, is, so to speak, without limit of nature, relative to the category of their soul vested in the body. The kindness of the finite creature is by definition limited. However, it may be termed infinite in relation to all vested in the body. Of course, every kindness, even when we give tzedakah with abandon and beyond any limit, of course, it's limited. Even the most generous person on earth, ultimately, we're finite and limited. So no matter how, how much we give, there's always a limit. But he means to say, in relative terms, relative to us, to go beyond our own personal limitation is like a, an expression of something infinite. It's a reflection of something infinite. The ability to go beyond your nature. Animals can't go beyond their nature. An animal will never go beyond its nature. It's not possible. It's not even capable. We have the capacity to go beyond our natures because we're created in the image of God. We have that spark, that godly spark. That's when we become human. That's when we exercise the godly spark located at the center of our being. When we express that godly ability to choose to go beyond our nature and against our nature and stretch. And so, so that's an expression of godliness. It's an expression of something infinite. It doesn't mean it's absolutely infinite. We can never be absolutely infinite because we, by definition, are finite. And anything we do is finite. But relative to ourselves, it's an expression of something. We're going beyond our nature. Which is an expression of Hashem's infinity. Where do we have the ability to go beyond our nature? When animals can't go beyond their nature. Because we're not animals. Because we have a piece of Hashem inside of us. We're not just glorified animals as the Western Dictionary defines man. But rather as the Torah defines man. We're created in the image of God. We have, we, created, we have that godly ability, that infinite ability. Which is expressed in our ability to go beyond our nature. That's an expression of the true, a true expression of the, what's truly infinite. But in our lives, it manifests itself in our going beyond our nature. Not in our lives, it can never manifest itself in us doing something absolutely infinite, because we can. But it's an expression, it's a movement of something infinite. It's, it's a, an expression of an energy that comes from the infinite, from Hashem, that enables us to go beyond our own limited nature and habits. Therefore, you too, O Hashem, relate to them with the attribute of your unlimited and infinitely great chesed, which is of the level known as Gerula, and which is called Rav Chesed, the Chesed of Arik, Arik and Bin, that usually transcends the lesser Chesed of Serapim, from which the worlds evolve by means of the Sider. For there is Hesed, and then there is a far higher form of Hesed. There is Hesed Olam, Hesed of the world, i.e. worldwide and hence finite Hesed, that has an opposite counterpart, the attribute of being. So he's saying there's two levels of kindness. There is a kindness which is in the world of emanation, where Hashem, so to speak, is like Hashem's conscious self where Hashem's personality, so to speak. So these are already defined attributes. So there you have chesed, and you have the opposite of chesed, which is uh, din, strictness. 
Just like within, we have the prosecutor and we have the lawyer. You have two ways of looking at it. So each side, you have a counterpart. You have chesed and you have gvurah. Then you have a chesed which is infinite, which is rooted in Hashem, so to speak, in Hashem's subconscious, so to speak. Which is called arichampin. It's much greater. It's uh, without any limitation. And there's, there's no opposition to that type of chesed. It's in the chesed without, within the, within the, with the abundance. That has an opposite counterpart, the attribute of din, of severe justice, heaven forfend, which would diminish the contract, and God's goodness. The superior form of chesed, however, which is called rav chesed, does not have the attribute of din opposed to it, to diminish and contract the abundance of God's benevolence from extending without limit or end. For it derives from the level of divinity called sovev ko'almin, which transcends, literally encompasses, all wor- worlds and limitations, and from the level of divinity called Timira Dechol Tamirin, literally that which is hidden even from all the hidden worlds, which is called Keter Elion, literally the supernal crown, i.e. the utterly transcendent level of divinity known as Keter. So Rav Chesed is one of the 13 attributes of mercy, that even when a person doesn't deserve kindness, we appeal to Hashem's 13 attributes of mercy that He should nevertheless act kindly with us. So, the regular, from a regular level of kindness, is an argument to make a person doesn't deserve it. In order for Hashem to act kindly to you, you have to earn it, you have to deserve it. If you're not behaving in a certain way, if you're transgressing, then you haven't earned it that uh, Hashem is interactive. If you act properly, Hashem will reward you with kindness. But when a person violates and transgresses, we appeal to Hashem's infinite mercy, to His transcendent self, the 13 attributes of mercy, we ask for Rav Chesed. Rav Chesed is, even if we don't deserve it. But when Hashem is kindness, when we tap into Hashem's infinite kindness, then it's something that Hashem does on His part. And it's not interactive. It's, it transcends us. It's, it doesn't matter if we're worthy or not worthy, if we're ready or not ready. Hashem on His part acts kindly. Because on that level, God transcends all of existence and the whole frame of reference of existence. And therefore, we... We don't even exist. Our existence doesn't have any great significance. It doesn't leave a great impression. So we do sin, we don't sin. We, we deserve, we don't deserve. We behave, we don't behave. You know, it's like the sun shines. The sun shines. The sun has no... The sun shines. It, uh, we benefit. The sun is there. The sun is not shining you know, just for our benefit. The sun is, the sun is shining. So when the sun shines, it has an effect, it has an impact. You're ready, you're not ready, you deserve, you don't deserve. The sun doesn't get into, its effect is transcendent. It doesn't, doesn't uh, you know, it's not, it's not interactive. So when Hashem, when you're tapping into Hashem's so to speak, his infinite self, his subconscious self, is where Hashem is on his own. Hashem transcends all the worlds. 
And therefore, Hashem could act kindly even though we were not deserving. So, but nevertheless, Hashem created the world in such a way that everything is interactive. And even to merit Hashem's infinite self, we have to do something in our life that's infinite. So when we tap into, when we act kindly in a way, in an infinite way, infinite relative to ourselves, we give without, with abandon, we give without any limitations, we give way beyond the letter of the law, and we're not exact, and we're not precise, and we give more than 10% and more than 20%. And even the person who by nature is the exact opposite, everything in his life has to be correct and precise and calculated, nothing is just done just like that. And when the Torah says 10%, not more than 20%, it's exactly so, not more, not less. And yet even that person digs deep inside of himself and is able to uh, discover and exercise that hidden goodness that Hashem placed deep down in the soul, the root and the source of his soul. He has that ability also to give kindness with abandon and he reveals that ability and he actually gives tzedakah in that way. So... So that will evoke a response within Hashem, a reward. What will be his reward? That Hashem will also illuminate his life and illuminate his soul with an infinite kindness. A kindness where there's no opposition, where there's no critics, there's no critique. You deserve, you don't deserve. Hashem gives and gives without calculation and with abandon. And, and this translates into every area in your life. Not just spiritually, but physically. It's like the kindness you do is also physical. The tzedakah that you give is physical. So too, the kindness that Hashem, that you will evoke within Hashem, the infinite kindness, abundance of kindness, this transcendent kindness, which is rooted in Hashem's keser, Hashem's subconscious, so to speak, will also be with abandoned without any limit. And that's what the verse continues. The verse says, after he, when he says that, that uh, how infinite is the kindness, how abundant is the kindness that you hid in those souls of those who fear you. And the kindness that you, we see in those who are overtly rooted in God's kindness. And their whole service of Hashem is with kindness. And their kindness is with abandon. Infinite, open, revealed. So what's the reward for such kindness? So the reward for such kindness is, conclude, this then. This then is the meaning of the verse which follows our opening quotation and which continues to speak of those who fear you and those who trust in you. Hide them in the concealment of your innermost dimension. For as explained above, Hanim denotes both countenance and inwardness. Conceal them in a sukkah, i.e., in the sublime level of chesed, which deriving from the above-mentioned level of keter, transcends the seder hishtal shalut, and will encompass them like a sukkah. So a sukkah is something that's around you. It surrounds you. It's a shelter. It protects you. So to hide them in your face, which is your inner 
self, inward self, which is a sem- infinite self, and conceal them in your sukkahs. In other words, this is the most concealed part of Hashem, the hidden part of Hashem, the deepest part of Hashem. Inward, Hashem's infinite self. So by them, by a Jew exercising this level of tzedakah, this infinite, this giving of tzedakah in an infinite way, without calculation, and with abandon, and being open, giving, and generous, way, way beyond your nature, this, which comes from the, the, the root and the deepest depth of your soul, this will evoke a response from Hashem also, that Hashem will hide you, His face, His inner self. Hashem will reveal to you His inner, inner self. And His hidden self. You're touching, you'll, Hashem, you'll be evoking Hashem's inner hidden self. His subconscious, so to speak, His level of ketan. And Hashem will hide you in a sukkah, will encompass you. Encompass Hashem's all-encompassing self, His kindness will encompass you. And will be a shield and a protection for you and your family and on all levels, spiritually as well as physically. Just like the kindness that you've done is also translates into physical. So this infinite kindness, this intimate, secret level of Hashem that Hashem will reveal to you, you'll activate, will also be a shelter and a protection. And you'll be completely wrapped around and wrapped up in this in this kindness. So on one hand it's Hashem's transcendent level but on the other hand Hashem created the world in such a way that He willed it so that everything He's completely interactive. Everything that happens is a result of our service for Hashem. Even to receive a level that really transcends uh, the world and transcends the whole frame of reference of the world, even that level also comes in response to the way we behave. If we act in a way that we go beyond our world and beyond our frame of reference and beyond our nature and beyond our habits and limits, positive habits, holy habits, good habits, we'll evoke within Hashem the same response. Hashem will go beyond the Seder Ashtalshul is beyond the whole frame of reference of the universe and tap into his inner self, his face, his secret self, his mysterious self, his internal self, and will we'll be wrapped around Hashem's transcendent light and his transcendent kindness, transcendent kindness, and that will be all-encompassing and completely and be enveloped and protected in Hashem's kindness. So it's a, it's a good deal. <laughs> you get what you pay for. No deposit, no return. In this case, literally. You don't give tzedakah. You want such a level of protection, such a level of revelation of Hashem, you have to evoke that within yourself. You're just going to serve Hashem in a very limited, hands-off way, then Hashem is interactive. What you put in is what you get. You want to approach Hashem <coughs> coldly, and that we're not even discussing in this letter. Here we're talking about someone who's serving Hashem. He's in awe of Hashem. He's very intimate, very 
profound, very deep. But his nature is, everything is very limited and precise. That's his nature. Everything is very correct. Al-Tarebi Rebbe says, you have to get out of that nature. You have to transcend that nature. As good as that nature is, as holy as that nature is, you have to go to the ultimate root. The ultimate root of anything associated with holiness and godliness is Hashem Himself who is infinite. So your level of service of Hashem also has to express itself in an infinite way. What are you doing? It's infinite. So when a person who by nature is very exact, very demanding and very precise, when he's able to do kindness with abandon, without any limit, that's only because he's tapping into the root of his soul that's beyond his consciousness and beyond his overt ability and nature and inclination and instinct. And he's able to act in a way to give tzedakah so generously only because he's rooted in Hashem's holiness and Hashem's infinite self, transcendent self. Then I know that you're connected with holiness. That you're truly serving Hashem. And Hashem will respond in kind. That Hashem, the reward that you'll get, won't be commensurate, won't be limited, finite. It'll be way beyond a, a rav chesed, infinite kindness. The difference is when we do something infinite, it's not really infinite. <laughs> There's a big caveat. It's, it's an expression of something infinite because we can never truly be infinite. But when Hashem does kindness with us, Hashem's kindness is infinite. Hashem is infinite. And His kindness with us is infinite. And it will completely envelop us and wrap us around in His protection and His kindness. Without abandon, without any room for any critique or any accusations or opposition Hashem is not listening like when you love someone dearly with you, you don't want to hear anything negative you can have a friend but if someone says a juicy piece of Lashon Hara you'll hear you'll still like him as your friend but I'll hear when you truly love someone you can't even stand to hear anything negative I don't even want to hear can you imagine your friends are going to start talking negative about your parents I don't want to hear it's true, it's not true, I don't care. I, I can't even stand hearing something negative. So when Hashem's love and kindness for us is with abandon, is with infinite, He's not even hearing any accusation. He's not even listening. If anyone in heaven stands up and says, how could you, this Jew doesn't deserve it, this miserable creature doesn't deserve this kindness, why are you behaving so nicely to him? Hashem doesn't even want to hear it. He's not even listening. It, there's no room for opposition, there's no room for accusation. It's an infinite kindness where the sun shines. Hashem says, I don't want to hear, I don't even want to hear anything. It suppresses all accusations, all negativity, all harshness, judgments. There's no room for judgment, for harshness, all kinds. If we behave that way, we act this way. So here he's addressing, he's addressing the chassid. He's not addressing someone who sinned. In the previous letter, we're talking someone who sinned, and he needs that kindness for an atonement. Here he's talking to a chassid on a very high level, very high spiritual level, very advanced spiritual level. And his nature is, he's rooted, he's one of those souls that are rooted in God's left side, like Shammai. Very private, very intimate, quiet. And here the Alter Rebbe is telling him, I want you to give tzedakah with a band. And the truth is, this is what the Rebbe did. You know, we just celebrated the gathering of the shluchim from all over the world. 
over, there were 5,400 people, over 4,000 shluchim. And many of these shluchim are like from the school of Shammai. <laughs> Their souls are rooted in Hashem's left side. Scholars par excellence, scholars by nature, are actually very precise and critical and internal and very deep and profound, introverted. And they would love nothing more than to immerse themselves in their studies, in their scholarly pursuits. And every day they can succeed in their learning and grow in their learning and of Torah. Breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough every single day. And here, the Rebbe demanded of the Shluchim to become public figures. Go out in the public and everything should be done loud and publicly and with you know, with abandon and without any limits and with a trask, with a shturim to do everything, make a lot of noise and everything should be done in the biggest way possible. This goes contrary to their nature, many of them. But this is what King David is telling us. This is what Alter Rebbe is demanding of his Hasidim in this letter. And this is what the Rebbe is demanding of his Hasidim, and especially Shluchim, that we have to exercise. You have to reach deep into the root of your soul. You're rooted in Hashem, was infinite. And therefore you have that capacity to, of being open and public and being like the person who's naturally kind, whose kindness is public and with abandon even though it goes contrary to your nature, but you have it in you, deep down inside. Hashem gave you that ability because your soul is rooted in Hashem's holiness, who is infinite, and you have the capacity. And now is the time for you to put your humility on the side and put your shyness on the side and put your holy nature on the side and become that person. And the Rebbe would not demand anything that he didn't demand of himself. The Rebbe himself was the exact opposite person, of the person he became as a Rebbe. Mm. Rebbe was the most private person in the world. Mm. Didn't say a word, was quiet, in the corner, private, intimate, no one even knew all the richness and the depth and the, that the Rebbe had. The Rebbe was completely concealed and hidden and everything he describes here of the person on the left side, that was the Rebbe's nature. Mm. Quiet, private, no... And yet the Rebbe became the most public Jewish figure <laughs> of our generation. Contrary to that nature. Because this is what the Rebbe is demanding in this letter. The time demands it. We need this. This is what's needed now. Without the Rebbe explained in other letters, our primary focus is tzedakah, our generation. And now we need it. We just need it. So now everyone has to Go beyond your nature, beyond your holy nature, beyond your limits. Has to discover that deep root inside of them. And when you do that, Hashem responds in kind. Hashem reveals His open kindness. And we see that. In our generation, the generation of the Rebbe, from 1950, we've seen, and we grew up spoiled. The truth is, our generation grew up very spoiled. 
what happened in Jerusalem last week, this, was, this, was, this happened every day by Jews. Pogroms, Jews being chopped, their heads chopped off and their bodies chopped and murdered. This was uh, pogroms in the shtetl was every Monday and Thursday. A hundred years ago, this was the norm. That's what you expected. Every time the priest would get up and, and Sundays and you know, incite against the Jews who murdered our God and, and the congregation ran out from church and they killed the first Jew they can lay their hands on. Today you have the modern-day priests who are inciting, not the priests. Today you have the BDS movement in the European Union and the UN and the New York Times and the State Department and our president and the people who are constantly inciting against Israel, that horrible article in the Atlantic, and the professors in the universities. and just These are the old priests inciting against the Jews. Israel, the worst country in the world. Israel, the worst country. Israel is the best country in the world. How could you call Israel? But this is pure unadulterated anti-Semitism, you constantly incite, oh, the Jews, the Jews, terrible, 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 those horrible, those horrible country Israel, how dear them, they build an apartment in Jerusalem. And you know, you incite, 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 and the, the people on the street get the message, and they take laws in their own hand, and they go and murder. That, this was everyday occurrence. We were spoiled. Because our generation, we didn't see any of that. You know, Israel, and, you had, and we had miracles after miracle after miracle, 48 and 56 and 67 and, 70, and then 60, uh, 76 and, uh, and then 81. And we grew up in comfort. This is not the norm. <laughs> this is completely abnormal for a Jew in exile to grow up with such comfort. We couldn't even relate to any of it. We had to read about it. This was before Oslo and before the horrible, horrible modern-day pogroms. And the anti-Semitism and the hatred and the vitriol and the poison. And, the and Iran building a nuke, nuclear bomb and the world letting it. So we were spoiled. But when you act in a way Rav Chesed, Alter Rebbe says here, when you act in a way of a kindness with abundance, and even though it goes contrary to your nature, and contrary to your... When you're able to discover, go deep inside of yourself and discover that root of holiness, that connection with Hashem, and go against your nature and go contrary to your nature. And the Rebbe took all these scholars and all these Hasidic Jews and they were immersed in their holy service of Hashem and made them into public figures and uh, leaders and community leaders and etc. This was something astonishing. This was a revolution. And Hashem responded in kind. Hashem gave us such kindness, wrapped our generation in such kindness infinite kindness to say that our generation is more worthy of other generations I don't think anyone will make that argument (laughs) but when Hashem is revealing his infinite kindness he's not listening to any accusations there's no accusations there's no opposition and he enveloped us and we've we've been blessed such goodness and kindness and material abundance and success that you know our parents could, could, uh, could only dream of and the truth is, this all started with the Baal Shem. 
the Baal Shem Tev, who ran, who led a hidden group, a group that was so hidden most people never even knew they existed. It was a group of tzaddikim, a hidden society of righteous people. To be a member in the society, the average member in the society knew the whole Talmud backwards and forwards. Knew the whole Kabbalah backwards and forwards. A great Kabbalist, a miracle worker, a mystic, a profound scholar, a holy, saintly Jew. And who pretended to be a nobody. Pretended to be a water carrier, pretended to be a beggar. Incognito. It was a hidden society that nobody in the community even knew they existed. And the Balshamta was the leader of this group. And the Baal Shem Tev, he revealed himself, he forced these, these righteous, hidden tzaddikim to reveal themselves. And suddenly there was an explosion of Hasidic rabbis and Hasidic masters. What happened? All of a sudden, all these Hasidic masters, where were, where, where were they a generation before the Baal Shem Tev? Because he had tzaddikim, they were all hidden and concealed. But the Baal Shem Tev said, the Jewish people were in a state of faint. In heaven, they said, now is the time. You gotta... Yiddishkeit has to become explosive. Yiddishkeit has to become revealed. Yiddishkeit has to become open. And the Baal Shem Tev forced himself. He did not want to reveal himself. For a year, he wrestled with his teacher and his master. He did not want to reveal himself. Baal Shem Tev forced himself to reveal himself. And he forced all these hidden tzaddikim. He says, no more hiding. You have to go against your nature against your country, to your holy nature. Hiding is a positive thing. The ability to hide such saintliness and godliness, it means you're not about ego. You don't care about ego. You don't care about yourself. You don't want any honor. You don't want any fame. You're just here to serve Hashem. It's the purest thing in the world. It's the holiest thing in the world. Rabbi Dov Ber, the Maggid of Mizrich, considered it a punishment that he was forced to, reve- he was forced to reveal himself. So the Baal Shem says, you have to go against your nature, your holy nature, and reach even deeper than your holy nature. Reach into the root of holiness, the source of holiness, Nashem's infinite self, which is the ultimate root and source of your soul. And there you'll discover the ability to be public and open, to give kindness, to do kindness in a, in a public way, with a shturim, with a tumult, in a, in a great way, in a big way, the American way, you know, with a tumult, with a lot of noise and fanfare. Just like the person who naturally is public and kind and and open, and everything is, is done in a public way, in a big way. And that's the nature. When you do something publicly, it expands. It, it does become much more powerful. But especially, the hidden tzaddik, or the chassid, who's able to go beyond his nature, and is able to become revealed, he's tapping into something much deeper. And he becomes much greater than he would have had he just remained hidden and concealed. Like Moshe Rabbein. Moses wrestled with God for seven days. He didn't want to reveal himself. He wanted to remain hidden. He was 80 years old. He was very happy remaining a shepherd, serving God, meditating, reflecting. He didn't need it, didn't want it, wasn't interested. But when did Moses become Moses, the one who went to heaven and back three times? Only when he went against his nature and he became public. And from that moment on, he never left the public life contrary to his nature. But that's when he tapped into Hashem's infinite self. And whatever level Moses, Moses reached before was nothing in comparison to the Moses, when Moses became, when he went public. So the Alter Rebbe is talking about 
it's time to stop being private, you got to take yourself public. <laughs> you got to take the company public. Private has a lot of advantages. Private is very good. Private is wonderful. It's good. It's holy. It's beautiful. But now is not the time. Hashem needed Moses to go public. The Jewish people are, are suffering in exile. Moshe, we don't have the luxury to be a shepherd sitting in the desert and meditating and reflecting. The Jewish people need you. The Baal Shem was forced himself because the Jewish people were in a state of faint. The Jewish people needed. So he told the hidden tzaddikim, no more hiding, that's it. Now you're forced to go in public. And al Rebbe is demanding of his Hasidim. Now you have to act. You have to go public. You have to act in a public way. The time demands it. We need levels of tzedakah that is limited tzedakah. It's just not going to do it. It just won't do it. It's just not working. And the Rebbe said in our generation, and the Rebbe first and foremost led by example, his own personal example. He says, this is not a time. It's not a time to be shy. It's not a time to be quiet. It's not a time to be limited. It's a time to go public. And when you have that ability, which is coming from the deepest place, he's talking about those who by nature are not, and yet they force themselves to be kind and with abandon to go public. Hashem will not remain indebted. Hashem will respond with an outpouring of kindness, like we've seen, especially the years that the Rebbe was with us physically. We were spoiled. The Rebbe spoiled us. We never had it so good. That's why it was very difficult to talk to people about Mashiach. Tell the Jew on Park Avenue in the 1980s he's in exile. Rabbi, I don't know what you're talking about. Exile. Maybe if I lived in Crown Heights. <laughs> I'm on Park Avenue. I'm on top of the world. I, I reached the Mount Everest. Today it's a lot easier to talk about that we need Mashiach with all the tsaras and the collapse and the chaos and the, the disasters, the consequences of Oslo and, and Israel's situation. Israel's situation has never been more humiliated and more ostracized and more today it's easier to talk about that we're in exile and we need Mashiach but we were spoiled and it was difficult to even talk about for a Jew to realize hey, we have, we're in exile because Hashem responded in kind when a Jew is able to go beyond his nature and go public in the service of Hashem for the benefit of his fellow Jew, Hashem responded with an abundance of kindness, enveloped us, and showered us with such kindness that we haven't seen in hundreds of years, perhaps thousands of years. He saw the immediate results. He didn't have to wait till Mashiach came. When you give tzedakah, the results are immediate and physical and tangible. We were blessed. Thank God. So this is not theoretical. It's not abstract. Al-Turabi is talking about a very, very profound point, and he's demanding this of his chassid. And that was a one-time thing. Seven generations later, the Rebbe demanded this constantly, full-time. On one hand, you have to celebrate your nature, and you have to cherish your nature, and you have to know what your nature is, and you have to thrive. You thrive on your nature. A person who's rooted in Hashem's left side, that's that's where he f- feels like a fish in water. That's his nature. And he has to develop that. He can't abandon that. 
you have to learn and you have to be a scholar and you have to continue davening and serving Hashem and you have to continue advancing and developing your internal, your rich inner life. But don't for a moment be limited to that. You have to summon up deep from, from within you the ability to go totally contrary to your nature. Discover that hidden goodness that Hashem placed at the root of your soul and act in that way with abandon, with goodness and kindness, with an abandon that goes contrary to your overt nature. And you'll see the results in your life, in your personal life, you'll see the results. Hashem's infinite kindness will envelop you and wrap around you. Okay, yeah, the rest is just saying how this was the rest of the letter that wasn't included, which explains how the Rebbe carries out. Now that I explained to you, now I'm making the appeal. So I'm asking you, those who are Hasidim in a very high level, you don't need tzedakah for atonement, and your souls are rooted in the left side, and, and therefore, correctly so, your tzedakah is very limited and to the point, not more than 20%. But I'm asking you, please, based on what I just wrote to you, go beyond your nature, act like those who are naturally kind, give tzedakah with abandon, without any limit, and because we desperately need your funds now to help those Jews living in the Holy Land. And please God, next week we're going to start chapter, letter 14, which talks about the holiness of the land of Israel, giving tzedakah to the land of Israel. Very, very powerful, profound, fundamental letter. This class is part of the Lessons in Tanya project. More classes available at LessonsInTanya.com.